I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at DDDNFL on Twitter, and of course follow the group, at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL, what's going on? All right, all right, all right. How are you doing? Bit much McConaughey-esque. It was? Did you? Well, no, didn't know that. I thought that was just going to be my new thing. But what are you saying? He's done it before. Yeah, he's done it before. Ah, uh, all right. We should have had this set up where you just keep saying catchphrases that people have said before. And then, you know, it could be a run and joke thing, but it's too late. Oh, well. We've done it now. It's too late. So, yeah. So, uh, there's some Packers stuff this week, I suppose, we're going to talk about. But uh, what's going on with you? Tell me. There must be something new. You normally say to me, what are you up to? But we never hear what you're up to. Yeah, which is weird. Uh, do you know what? I've I've met people like that before. Do you ever have a friend who you say, how are you, man? Good. Okay. Uh, how's the job going? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family. All right, family. Yeah. <laughs> you, go, you go through all the questions. You interview your friend and then they piss off. You know? Yeah. Well, I like the ones that come to you and they say, uh, how's life? And I hate that question because I think you don't really give a shit. But mm. how's life? So you start telling them, and within less than 20 seconds, they've suddenly gone, yeah, well, I'll tell you what happened to me. Mm. And you're like, right, yeah, but I was just explaining how my life was. Mm. But never mind. Yeah. So, yeah, I get you. And you know what? It's Outside. an Irish thing as well to say, <laughs> uh, uh, how are you? Right. So when, you know, like as in the business setting, for instance, in the office, if you ring people from different cultures and different countries, it's the Irish thing when someone says, hi, it's Bernadette. And you go, hey, Bernadette, how are you? You know, and I don't think other cultures, do they do that? You might go, how are you? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But it seems to take other cultures no, off guard and they have to go, uh, good. Yeah, see, I think in the UK you have the one and this is brilliant. So you just sort of walk towards each other, see somebody you vaguely know, but you know you're not stopping for a conversation. At best, you probably like each other's photos on Facebook. Mm. And as you walk towards each other, you just go, all right. And the other one goes, all right. But no one tells you if they are all right. They just go, all right. Mm. And that's it. That's a bit of a strange one. Yeah. Well, everybody, welcome to the Salutation Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just greet somebody by asking if they're all right, but not actually ever answering it. But do you, do you like that guy who actually tells you how he is? I was going to say, it would be weird if somebody stopped one day and goes, well, to be honest with you, you know, lost the job, car's in the garage, can't afford to fix it. And I'll be going, oh, I wish I'd never asked. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably a good thing. Just keep walking. It happened to me once. So. A guy actually told me that his life was basically falling apart. And I was like, all right, man, I'm just going to pop in and get some milk. Uh, good luck with that one. You know, he starts talking about how he broke up with a girlfriend of six years and how... Do you want me to tell you this story? Not really. No, okay. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, I've had a week off, and I've haven't really had a week off because when you have a child, you just there's no time off. It's just you're not in work. Uh, you're at home. Do you know what? I've left me violin in the other room. Okay. I'm not. I'm not saying because that's the thing. I don't because <laughs> I did get that comment before. People were saying, "Oh yeah, sarcasm fond." You really make parenting sound great. Parenting is the best thing ever. My son is an absolute beast. So funny. Everything is just hilarious. Right, I had a full-blown conversation with him. I was I just, put on to... just want to jump in there. Right, come on. I had double cream Oreos this week, and they are the best thing ever. But continue. Ryan. Ryan. I think yeah. if you decide to have children, they would usurp yeah. your double cream Oreos. If something hasn't usurped them since then, like steak have you, or something like have that. Have you had double cream Oreos? 
I haven't. You see, I can't compare like for like. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't expect them to be better than being and a father. To be fair, to nor can I. Fantastic yeah. child. But anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we had a full blown conversation. He's definitely asked me questions. He's fluent in a language. I just don't know what the language is, but he's fluent in it. Uh, so last night I was putting That's him to good. bed, right? And for all mm-hmm. the parents out there, and some people have just switched off the podcast right now, so like, I don't care, don't care about kids. Yes, yeah, uh, stay with us, stay with us. Yeah. We'll get to American football later. Yeah, they're like, I'm, I'm sick of because you know what I hate because this, this is the thing that I have, right? I don't put them up on Facebook or Snapchat or because I don't really mess with Snapchat since someone want to send me a picture of our baps, um, for no reason, and I still don't know who it is. Uh, and then Twitter and all the rest, I don't put you'll ne- you won't see any pictures of my son on any of those platforms. I don't send them to friends because they don't care because I've been in that situation for long enough. Do you ever get that rhyme where someone goes, who's my kid? And you're like going, yeah, kind of don't care. And as well as that, I don't mean to insult anybody who's putting their kids up on Facebook. You can do that if you want. I just don't want to do it because I asked him, I said, Nate, do you want me to put your photo up on Facebook, buddy? And he went, I about your bitch. So I didn't know what I meant. So I didn't do it. Didn't do it. I don't think that's permission. No. It's not going to stand up in court. That's all I'm saying. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, it sounds like you had a wonderful week. Yeah, it was great. Uh, what about you? <laughs> what did you do? Apart from double stuffed Oreos. Uh, worked worked a lot. Yeah. So yeah, you know, whilst whilst you were just you know at home, um, oh. I was working, uh, and of course, we were working on some things behind the scene. Obviously, the jerseys come out this week, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more later. So mm-hmm. we've been working two jobs this week, um, but yeah, it's been good. Managed to turn my ankle over today. Did you? Why? Yeah. How? Don't know, stood on someone's foot, which kind of hurt them, but then it immediately backfired as I twisted my ankle. But which it happens. Did, which alludes to the fact that, did you do this deliberately? Like it sort of backfired? Was the no, ankle no, no, step? no. Wasn't even at American Football, just saw somebody then like in Tesco, went over there, stamped on their foot, hurt my own foot. So you don't know now if I'm telling the truth or not, do you? I'm pretty sure the police, the Metropolitan Police, who are listening here have a case to build. Um, I think you've just handed them what they need. Uh, no, that's right. No, it was at American football. But uh, yeah, I accidentally stood on somebody's foot whilst trying to catch a ball, mm. uh, which in turn led me to twist my foot. But it's all right. Playoffs next week. So bandage that up and we'll be all right. So this was actually one of your own team members. You weren't on a game here. This was yeah. practice. I mean, he's he's probably got three broken toes because I do weigh close to 19 stone. Um, so, yeah, he's probably got busted metatarsal and everything else. So I think I've got the good deal. Yeah. Yeah. 19 stone for a guy who's five foot six. That is pretty severe. <laughs> should look into that. I was five foot six when I was about 11. All right. Don't brag. All right. All right. Actually, just say. I'm actually six foot two. I just don't bring it outside the house. So, you know, I just walk out at a nice, reasonable height. I don't need to boast. Exactly. Rubbing anyone's faces. But look, it's happy days. It's, yeah, it's, well, look, it's kind of happy days because Packers, I'm going to put, well, I'm doing air quotes here, which is embarrassing because A, you can't see me do it. And B, it's air quotes. Um, Packers football. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it together. Like little bunnies. Yay. Hey, don't turn them around. Stop turning oh, the air quotes around now. I had it the wrong way. Sorry. V for victory. Churchill. Uh, so we have Packers football back. Right now you're doing the twofer. Uh, so we've Packers football back. This is really bad for people listening because they're driving in the car going, lads, can you stop gesticulating yeah. to each other, please? Can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. Stop going off piste. Packers football is back. But is it, Ryan? I, I mean, we're buried in, can we say bullshit stories? Uh, buried I don't in- know because I think we have been up until this point. But I think the point... 
the moment you start to see the start of training camp, people are actually writing about things that are happening on the field, how players are performing, how players are competing with one another um, and how a team is shaping up. So I think this is the point where every year I feel like this is the start of the year. Mm. Training camp, um, all the players are returning. Obviously in Green Bay, we've got that great tradition of the guys cycling yeah. from the, the stadium across the practice field. You know, and I just love watching that every year because I think it's just such a cool thing um, to, to happen. And, and I don't feel like any other team's really got anything like that that, that I know of. Um, but I feel like, yeah, this is where the season starts probably. This is where we start getting real stories coming out, if you like. Uh, and it gives us some real talking points to start sinking our teeth into. Mm. Yeah, it's a good tradition. Uh, do, do you know what? The, the Packers social media crowd over the last maybe year, year and a half, They've really started to nail it. So I love this sort of go GoPro action that you see on the players when they're going on the bikes, and you know the Snapchat is is pretty good that they do on game day. Um, now again, not that I'm mad into the Snapchat because we don't usually look at it here at UK Packers HQ, uh, but it does be good because you see the same footage being sort of spread across all social media platforms. So it's nice now. It's sort of more accessible to the players. And we do see an awful lot of lads from the UK actually going over for training camp now, right? Would it be something, Ryan, you'd be interested in going over for training camp? Yeah, I really want to do it in the in the years coming up. I know Richard Biddle's up there at the minute. Yeah. Um, and I saw him. I'm sure he was talking to uh, and getting the signature of Paul Horning. Nice. Um, at a signing deal. But he's there at training camp as well. And he's got a bunch of signatures from guys doing that very... Uh, cycle over mm. um, another guy that's obviously been mentioned on the podcast before Kurt Kosad's flew or uh, maybe not quite so far but he has flown from his place in California all the way up there just for training camp as well and I saw he's got like six or seven jerseys already signed up so I think it'd be a really good thing to go and do um, do you reckon I'd get away with taking a take a little BMX with me and maybe running alongside one of the players or am I too too old for it now I mean, I'm probably too old to run all the way from the stadium to the training field in one go. But um, uh, yeah, at five foot six and nineteen stone, you won't be running anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not it's not in your build. It's not in your nature. Not in your nature. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. The the view people must have of me just this short, very fat guy that drinks all the time. Yeah. That's essentially what people have got in their head of me, unless they've been to a meetup. But yeah. Well, I'm wearing a funny hat with a pot of gold, so just relax, all right? I mean, I think you got the better end. There's a shit. rainbow. You can see the rainbow just behind you as well. Yeah, Marshall and Lynch collecting the skittles off it. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> um, so, yeah, training camp, happy days. But, look, all of these stories are coming out. And what I like to do is, because I tend to be kind of uh, low on small talk, uh, low on patience, don't suffer fools kindly. So when I read some of the stuff, like, I read this article like, Aaron Rodgers is in a good mood. Now, and I will say... <laughs> the stuff the stuff that I've seen, I know, right, breaking news. And the stuff that I have seen of him, he has been kind of jokey and piss-takey. Did you see when he went to that golf tournament? And I think, mm-hmm. allegedly, it's Justin Timberlake he's throwing the ball to. And he flicks the wrist and nearly breaks his chest open. Did you see that one? No. Unbelievable. I thought he's... Well, I saw him throw one to Steph Curry. Yeah. There's that one, Was right? That... But then there's another uh, one where... Right, okay. He has a football and someone asks him to sign it and he signs it and throws it back into the crowd and then he's playing sort of, you know, catch or whatever. I don't know, is that yeah, a thing? Yeah. Can you play catch with football? I don't know. I'm going to sound really ignorant to the US followers. Like, well, catch is baseball and you bastard. But I don't know. He's throwing the ball, playing catch ball or whatever type of manly father-son <laughs> game you play, right? I'm, yeah, super ignorant. Who cares? So he's throwing the ball and someone put it up on Twitter. I don't know who it was. 
um, and said Aaron Rodgers and, and then they added Justin Timberlake in it but he's just throwing the ball to him and he's just trying to catch a pass probably decided he caught it off Aaron Rodgers but Aaron Rodgers literally just flicks his wrist and the guy's about you know whatever he is 10 feet away from 15 feet away from him and the ball catches him square in where the numbers should have been and would have ripped the numbers off but honest to God Ron like literally just a sort of flick and your man wasn't expecting it and the thud off his chest the first one I think he throws at his feet deliberately and everyone starts taking the piss out of him uh, not Aaron Rodgers the other guy because it's obvious that he did it deliberately and the second one was he just drills him in the chest but we actually have seen that type of thing at training camp where he's drilled people in the numbers and because they don't expect that velocity I believe Lance Kendricks got one in the numbers and he dropped it and one of the journalists said to him you do know Aaron doesn't like when you drop the ball and I was kind of thinking yeah because he's the quarterback and he's the you know a tight end you know receiver of the ball if you drop the ball it's, it's you know contrary to what you're supposed to be doing not great news but one of these like and that anyway back to my point is that we're going to try sift through the bullshit here on the podcast right to get away from like because that that video i saw was aaron Rodgers in a great mood and the question was hey aaron you know you've played you know 10 years 9 10 years in the, in the league do you think you can go nine more and he went yeah and i thought there was going to be more to the video but then it cuts off i was like really really yeah That's- so i want to know is is that going to be like an hour by hour update aaron Rodgers in a really good mood yeah still in a good mood Mm. Still in a good mood. Oh, he's just got on somebody's bike and the wheels fell off. Not happy. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Rodgers in bad mood and shouting at seven-year-old girl for poor maintenance of bicycle. Do you know what I mean? Is that an hour-by-hour thing? I don't know. So what did you think then of... uh, Because my favourite story of the week has to be Martellus Bennett getting to the dorm rooms too late at St Norbert's and uh, not being able to get in or not finding anybody that could let him in. So he then drove back to the stadium and slept in the locker room yeah do you like this one or does it not bother you come here to me come here it's time time for me to sort of say I like Martellus Ben he's great all the stories about him being different are brilliant first off this is a weird one because it came out after that like he was 15 minutes so the story is he went to St Norbert's and it's the dorm rooms where you know all the college kids stay not exactly. It's not as if Clay Matthews is sleeping in bed with you know a guy called Chip or a girl called Jessica. I don't I don't know what college kids call these days, Tiffany. And uh, it's not as if they're in the same place. It's all kitted out for the Packers, right? And he arrived. So he was down. Uh, now this is from the Packers podcast themselves. Wes and Mike were talking about it, and they you know listening for the inside scoop. So I think he was. He lives in Chicago, in enemy ter- territory. So he was tucking his daughter in and wanted to come back up to Green Bay. So they had to report for six a.m for training in at Lambo and he went up and he arrived at quarter past three so the dorm rooms closed at three now apparently it came out that yeah he could have easily just called one of the lads and they came down and let him in but he decided to go and just sleep in the locker room in Lambo but imagine that right now he did say he alluded to like I wonder are there any ghosts around here which is a bit of a you know it's a bit of an outlandish story but Ryan I wonder are there any ghosts in Lambo for real but on a serious note I, I really do believe in the whole ghost thing I definitely believe there's something there, uh, you know, after you die and that sometimes you can get caught between yeah. this world and the next, right? And I, I believe all that and I watch all the documentaries and I fully go of it. So if you think about it, any spirits that maybe feel like Lambo or, or Green Bay is really his home for, you know, these guys, why wouldn't they frequent that area or why wouldn't they come back to that area, especially if it's somewhere that has a strong pull to them? So, I would say there's almost definitely going to the Lambeau Field. <laughs> no? I can't believe you went in this direction. This is not in any way discussed in pre-prod. This is not where this is supposed to go. It's not. Okay. It's not. 
But I yeah. believe in ghosts. Oh, well. I saw a ghost in my room before. Did you? An old lady, yeah. Do you know what? I saw a ghost. I was shaking like a leaf, right? I was upset. Bunk beds. My brother was in the top bunk. I was in the bottom. Couldn't sleep. Looked over. She was standing by the door, right? So I walk up to turn on the lights. This is completely off the rails now. And I could see around her. That's how I knew it was real. See around her, right? Right, I could see her shoulder, back, the whole works. She kept staring forward, God bless her, because I didn't want her to, you know, jump on me or whatever, like the movies. Turned on the light, terrible episode, woke up my brother, we had a discussion, a chat, couldn't go back to sleep. Long story short, got up in the morning, and I could not wait to tell my parents and, you know, get their support. You know what my dad said to me? Next time she appears, can you ask her for the lotto numbers? I mean, that's... That's how seriously they... are not from they... the future. Yeah. That's not how it works. Well, that's how he thought. He thought, you know, she's from the spiritual world, so, she, you know, she can sort oh, of run the plane. Anyway. I, I don't want to alarm you. Yeah. However, mm. some spirits are not tied to a physical place, but actually a spirit can be attached to a person. So that person might still be with you. Anyway, yeah. What were you saying about Martellus? Freaking me out, Ryan. I'm not trying to, but Freaking you might want out, to get bro. cleansed. You might need to go to the church I forgot. he said that like it wasn't a real thing were you using air quotes church no just, it was a long pause to put me off this really gone off look I like Martellus Bennett and I think he's an interesting character and he's doing all these sort of quirky stuff like the interview that he did was for you know whatever half an hour uh, well, there's that one that was weird as well, but he had the cheese head helmet on, hat on uh, and he did it, you know, yeah. sort of enveloping himself. He's a weird guy and it's endearing and all of that. But there's a point where certainly me and I'm going back to the kind of no bullshit thing. I just can't wait for it to get down to pure football. I can't wait for him to stop being the clown and for people to take his play seriously on the field. I think it's nice to bring this character into the locker room and credit to him. But I can't wait till and it's nothing against him. It's more that the media move away from this like, oh, Martellus. You know, I can't wait for it to move from, oh, Martellus, you're so silly, to go across to Jesus Martellus, you had a three-touchdown game for 200 yards. I can't wait for it to go to that so that he okay. can get away from being the class clown to be, you know, the man about town, you know, on the field. That's well, just, do, do you... For the list- what about you? No, no, don't agree with you. For the listeners at home, then, it was said earlier, you know, me and Steve were talking about things that were going on, obviously you can't see it. To describe Steve right now, he's that grumpy emoji you've got on your phone. Um, but... <laughs> Look, I love this. I love seeing this. I like seeing Big Mike interviewing him about the defense. Um, I think there's one point where he says, Mike Daniels actually says, I don't recall you making many plays today. Uh, Obviously, they're having a bit of a competition there. Um, And it's good fun. And then you've got the uh, Dave Bakhtiari and Mike Daniels story. Yeah where they're having these fun and friendly competitions. I mean, Bakhtiari actually walked out of training today with a WWE World Championship wrestling belt over his shoulder, um, being customized to have the Packers on it as well. Uh, I'm sure that cost a fair bit. Uh, but essentially, that's that's being done on um, whichever line wins the most run drills, apparently. Mm. And then I'm guessing those two are the captains of the lines, if you like. They're obviously probably directly up against each other as well uh, in any sort of practice. And... Bakhtiari said, when the defensive line win, they get the belt. So I think all this is good fun. A training camp can be an absolute pressure cooker. You've got the media there every day. You've got the fans watching. Uh, maybe for not the likes of the Mike Daniels and the Martellus Bennett's, the De Bakhtiari's, because they're all locks for the team. But there's there's a whole lot of pressure on a whole lot of players there that are essentially are fighting for an NFL future. Um, so you need characters in there, not, not just to be leaders um, and shout and get people going and get them fired up to do something. But you need guys as well that sometimes you actually need everything to be relaxed a bit and get people to enjoy it and get people to 
chill. You know, I mean, I'm, if I just want to think about another ball club, Green Bay is not unique to this. Cam, Cam Newton, whatever you think of that guy. At the moment in training camp, you see him with his receivers. They're dancing, they're enjoying it. But do you know what? Everybody's getting involved in that. And everybody's getting in that relaxed feel. And I think when you're relaxed and when you're enjoying things, some of the mistakes start to go because the pressure starts to feel off a little bit. When the pressure needs to be back on, I'm sure those same players will make sure that people are focused. But I don't see it as a bad thing. I quite enjoy it. Yeah, no, look, I'm not I'm not being a grumpy old man. I'm just saying I can't wait for the media to just, you know, get away from all this, like, oh, jokey, jokey, joke, and get back into here. I just need football. I need yeah. football in my life. And that's why I like... And you know what? And you alluded to it there, right? You know the, the championship belt and all... That is far more serious than the joke it sort of made out to be because Mike McCarthy came out and said in a quote that, you know, running the ball is a number one for them. And they say it all the time and people balk at it every year and say, oh, here he goes again because you've Aaron Rodgers and you're always seeing that you're going to be pass heavy. But he says, no, we want the run to be one of the most important things in this offense. You know, we want to really focus on it. So I think it's very important that. Yes, they have the WWE Heavyweight Championship belt and it's a bit of fun and all this. But as you said, Ryan, it's for run blocking. So they're seeing can they break up in those lanes against, you know, run stuffers like Mike Daniels. So it'll be really interesting. Hopefully the offensive line can keep bringing that belt back into the locker room after and get the win because it's something that we really need to do. And we do see the competition heating up. Now, I've been devouring uh, all of Rob Domofsky's material on ESPN because he has some great insights and I really respect the guy. Uh, he dresses sharp on a game day. Dresses sharp, Ryan. Oh, we were rocking around the sidelines. This guy came by in a full suit. Doesn't mess around, this guy. Dapper. He's a good-looking guy as well. Looks good in a suit and he's got a great haircut, I will add. Um, bald, like you. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Mm. All the best guys have bald heads. So much testosterone. But he's going on and talking about that. When you look at the run game, that yes, Ty Montgomery is getting all of the you know first-team snaps. But the next guy who's sort of more geared up to fit into the NFL is more NFL ready is Jamal Williams. But he says that, you know, the trio of draft picks, they are getting their run out. They're getting a chance to sort of impress. But certainly Ty Montgomery is going to be the number one. Because did we discuss that and kind of say like, and he's both up to, we put out a tweet there earlier just mm -hmm. saying he's too swole to control. The guy has, the guy's biceps has biceps. It's ridiculous. Um, so this guy is bulked up, but Mike McCarthy comes out and sort of identified the fact that Ty is a matchup issue and Ty Montgomery and said that he's also a matchup issue. The fact that people don't know whether to sit deep and expect the pass because Ty's going to beat you with his legs as the running back, but he's also, you know, an adept receiver. Um, are you shocked the amount of media that it's getting again on the run game? Do you think that Mike McCarthy is serious again this time? And do you see well, the serious side behind yeah. that belt runner? Uh, yeah, I, obviously the, the roots of the belt thing is serious and it's a way of just putting a, a, a prize on it, I guess. Um, keep that competition going. Because stupidly now, that for those guys will become the absolute focus of camp who's mm. taking that home every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the meantime, by having that fun and having that as, as a prize, obviously they're competing and that's what you want them to be doing. And then when they're competing, they're getting better. Now, the running backs, I think McCarthy says about... Um, he wants the run game to be one, uh, number one. Um, there's probably truth in that because for as long as Aaron Rodgers is going to be quarterback, your passing game is going to be perfectly good. And, you know, I'll refer everybody back to those years when everyone said about Rodgers was having a down year and oh, this, that. And we had the one guy that said, let's trade him, you know, madness. 
but even in his down years, our offense out offensed a whole bunch of other teams in the league. Yeah. So for as long as Aaron Rodgers on the team, the passing game will be good. So number one focus should be the run game because if you can suddenly get a run game that's going to dominate probably like Seattle and Marshall Lynch in in, in previous years mm. and how now we'll probably directly be over on the Raiders, um, how Zeke did last year uh, with the Cowboys. And, you know, those sort of backs that we've seen, if you can get the Packers doing that, Aaron Rodgers is always going to be able to throw the ball and do it well. And the Packers in for quite some time now have had a fantastic core of receivers, whatever year it's been. So you can get that run game really, really, really banging. And then suddenly you've got an almost unbeatable offense. Yeah. So I think it's absolutely true, the focus he's putting on it. The more the thing I probably want to say to you now, though, is there's a whole bunch of running backs on the roster. There's still two fullbacks on the roster, to my knowledge. Yeah. Who are they keeping? And and how – I guess this is something we'll obviously have to continue to monitor through camp. But how many can they realistically keep? When If I'm thinking in my head – and I don't know if you agree with me. T- tell me if you don't. We're going to have three tight ends on the roster. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you're going to have Bennett and Kendricks and you're going to have Richard Rogers. Okay? So that's three there. Um, receivers, they're talking about having – up to seven. I don't see seven staying on the roster, but I can I can see six being on the roster. So that's nine players gone out of those two positions. Um, who's going to stay on the running backs? There's a whole bunch on the roster at the moment, plus two fullbacks. I can't imagine keeping two fullbacks. I think it would just be rip. And then I can almost see a situation where you only keep two running backs and then you keep a couple of guys on the practice squad ready to come up should something happen. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. In Rob Rob Domofsky's stuff, he had this whole article on Ty Montgomery. And part of that article was the fact that uh, on a blitz, he missed Jake Ryan and it would have been a sack. This is in padded practice. Now, obviously, you don't sack Aaron Rodgers in practice, but it would have been. And like he says in the article, you don't get a do-over. And Ty Montgomery seemed pretty beat up about it. And if there's anything we know about Mike McCarthy is, is that you don't miss a blocking assignment or you get absolutely in the doghouse. You know, like there's other positions, there's a big no-no of what you do. Obviously, if you're returning punts, if you muff a punt, you're gone. We've seen that happen with Trevor Davis last year against the Tennessee Titans. He muffed that punt, and all of a sudden, Randall Cobb was in there. Now, we kind of get onto that situation a little bit later in the podcast. But, Ryan, I think this is going to come down to the fact that who's the most NFL-ready and who's the most to actually protect Aaron Rodgers when it comes down to a situation where it's going to be a play-action pass or pass and who can pick up the blitz and recognise that, especially when it's disguised. Because whatever about these lads getting experience in the preseason with the vanilla defence, they're not going to get those looks in the NFL. Everything is going to be just, you know, wolf and sheep's clothing stuff. So from what we hear and from, from what Domofsky was saying, is that Ty Montgomery missed that blitz pickup, but then he went and made a fantastic block on the next play, and he wanted to make a, a real point of that. He said, quote, I'm glad Jake did what he did because I learned from my mistake. You can see I didn't do it again and I got the win, unquote. So Ty tried to make to the media, mm-hmm. like, don't make a big deal of this, you know. It must be hard on them as well, the yep. fact that the media are looking on. Now, the next guy that he points out to say that he's more NFL ready is Jamal Williams. And the reason that he said he was is because he was able to handle the blitz pickup 
and make it look like you know this is what he does all the time and he's, he let me just use a quote that he says he handled the blitz pickup drill with relative ease and showed good power as a runner so he's proficient as a runner and he's able to pick up the blitz and they're the guys that we need on the roster so it's going to be interesting to see as we go through training camp as we get into the preseason, which is a very hard indicator is to how proficient are they obviously at doing their number one job which is you know in the run game because We've looked at the stats behind Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones and Devontae Mays and all of these guys were world beaters when it came to their college. You know, they all set all types of records. Some yeah. of them got done for violations to do with, you know, bringing a girl into the dorm room, which is just ridiculous. And then, you know, I think it was Devontae Mays then picked up that injury and then came back and was absolutely dynamite. It's going to be hard to pick, but I do <laughs> think we're going to see a running back by committee. Ty's going to be obviously the numero uno. He's not going to get the types of reps that Eddie Lacy would have got. But I don't know, it's always a dangerous thing like we discussed on the last podcast to try come out and try pick the roster now. But it's interesting. Another one that's interesting as well is, is all the articles that we've seen online about the cornerbacks, Ryan. We saw Kevin King come in. Um, do you think that from what they're saying, so what they're saying is Devon House is number one and Kevin King is going to be number two and then the other lads are going to have to scrap it out. Like, are we getting ahead of ourselves again on this? Well, I was going to say, if, if I was sat here now picking it, then Devon House probably starts. Hmm. Um, and then you're looking at Kevin King more than likely starting yeah, uh, because you've just taken him as high as you did uh, but then of course that leaves you with Demarius Randall, Quinton Rollins who are a puzzle at this point and need to certainly have a bounce back prove it yet in my opinion um, because their first year in the league I thought things were pretty decent and they looked good players last year they were exposed however I do think there's something in it in that once you've been in the the league a year, is the second season's always harder because people now are aware of what it is that you do. Where, and that's where it doesn't matter what position you play. There's more tape on you playing in an NFL setup, so, so people know more about you. Um, but also last year, obviously, there was a lot of people moving around. There was never really any consistency in, in personnel because of injuries. Um, so I think it was just a very hard year for everybody. And there was... There was a few guys in that in that group that um, you know, if we're thinking the secondary in general, so cornerbacks and safeties. There's a few guys in that group that do come out of it with some um, with some credit, but it's not. I don't feel like last year was fair to to completely judge all of those players, uh, and I think we will see bounce backs. So Devon House, obviously, he didn't come from the. Let's say he hasn't come from the Jags doing anything particularly wrong, but he didn't in his in that last year there with them really light anybody up. So, you know, he might be in there as a starter, but particularly on a hot seat, um, you know, so th- there's going to be, there's a lot of cornerbacks on the roster at the minute. Um, obviously only about half of those are going to make it. Um, but they're also quite a young group, I think as well, with the exception of Devon House, who's up at 28 and I think Goodson's 28. I think the rest is sort of 26 and below. So it's quite a, a young group um and i think it's a group that can do well this year yeah that's what i think as well i I think looking at the group certainly from what they came through last year and with the amount of injuries that they said and again they do the honorable thing to say oh but we're not going to blame the injuries yeah you can't blame the injuries i mean we all get it the fact that you've mentioned that means that it's important I believe as well that they can have a good year, but that doesn't mean that they will have a good year. You know, you can always sort of go, oh, well, they can't be as bad as last year. Yeah, they can. You know, they were the last in, it wasn't a pass defense they were last in. Now, everybody and their mother, the mailman was playing. 
Red, the kick guy, I think he suited up at one stage uh, doing warm-ups, doing hammies uh, and going to run out there. They should make a step up. Certainly with Devon House, as we've seen, the guy played with Charles Woodson. He's a press man specialist. So, and as well as that, Ryan, now I said this to some people and they kind of laugh at me and go, like, you know, really? Height. Height is important to me. Certainly to me, right? <laughs> On an everyday basis. It's, it'd be nice to have a bit of extra height. But House <laughs> is six foot or six foot one. King is six foot four. And when we were doing the draft podcast, I just picked him out, obviously because... I was interested by his height because I think he was the tallest um, cornerback. And I was thinking this he's, guy, wasn't he? I yeah. think he was, right? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, he was certainly up there. And he's the tallest listed cornerback on our roster as well yeah. currently. But that's important because when you see a guy who's 6'4", sometimes, like for, like, let's take you, right? You're 7'9", you're uh, <laughs> 21 stone, right? You've fluctuated a lot just in this podcast alone. And <laughs> even by the look of you... Uh, if I was walking down a dark alley looking to rob someone's handbag, A, I think that this guy doesn't own a handbag, but B, is that, you know, you're in the intimidation factor is there, certainly with the big biker beard. Appearances matter, and I think that if you're a quarterback and you have a few seconds to make that play, and you see a big streak of a lad who's six foot four, you might be more reluctant to try get that ball over him because again, a video that does really well on our Facebook is the video of King where he does that one handed interception in the end zone. The fact mm-hmm. that he has that height means that and and the increased wingspan is obviously your receiver needs more separation for a play on the ball because all this guy needs to do is, is just get that hand to it and slap it away. I think that's very important here. So they're saying that House obviously is getting the first team reps and King, surprisingly enough, was on some first team reps as well. They asked him about it because I think we can glean a lot of bullshit from the pressers that they have and dig into the details. Now, every journalist will ask him so how do you think you're going to be used by joe witt and they're like i don't know i've no idea okay and they asked him the same right do you reckon you're going to be the first team or then are you going to start game one and he said i don't know i just literally do what i'm told go out there try make the plays and all the rest of it he's impressing a camp which is weird ryan right because this guy didn't get um during otas he was back at college because he couldn't get out because you know all these rules to do with um you know, that he can't get out because his college is still in session. So he didn't have as much time as the other players, yet he's getting first-team reps here. So mm-hmm. what they're saying is Devon House a starter, King a starter, and then they're going to have to scrap it out. Now, Rollins is impressing big time in camp. Big time. Does this mean that we might see Randall play sparingly? Did he do himself a, a disservice last year and now in camp again? The thing is, what, what we've got to try and remember, there's a lot of packages which allow for more than two cornerbacks be on the field at any point. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've seen it plenty of times where they drop the linebacker, put in the extra defensive back. That could be one of those guys. It could be as well. We're seeing, I think, um, Jones lining up in that. Um, so there's a lot of movement. They've even seen at times, I think this week, I've seen reports from various guys sort of around the the sort of beat writer guys. I think Brian Wood is one that sticks in my mind that, that put put out some so sort of lineups, if you like, from the practice field. And, and Morgan Burnett is almost in a linebacker position. So I think there's there's plenty of work to go around for some of these guys. I think uh, at the moment I'm looking at it, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's 12 cornerbacks, I think it is currently on the roster. There's probably not enough work for 12 cornerbacks. But certainly for the the names that we're, that we're thinking, Rollins, Randall, Kevin King, House, um, they're definitely all in. They're all going to see work. They're all going to see the field during game days in different packages. Um, then I think the interesting bit would be to see 
how many cornerbacks they decide to then keep, and then who makes them next spots. You've got the likes of Goodson and Gunter. You know, they weren't particularly great last year, but they had good flashes. So there's something there. The young guys we also saw last year, Josh Hawkins, was he the guy that laid the massive hit during the Dallas game? Oh, that was, was um, that not I'm Bryce? sure. It might, oh, my, yeah, you're right. It might have been Bryce, sorry. But you've got Hawkins that played some time last year. Uh, waiters that played some time last year. So they're in. Then there's some other names coming into the mix. There's a lot of names in there. Um, and I think certainly for four of those cornerbacks, it's already tied up. They're on the roster. What the depth chart for those four guys looks like, not quite sure. Um, but there's plenty of options within the package for them all to see the field at times. Um, like I say, the interesting bit for the cornerbacks will be to see who is that fifth and sixth cornerback on the yeah. team. Yeah, I think we can nearly predict it. I, th- I think certainly for the people listening, if you haven't had a chance to check in on some of the coverage, uh, do check out, as you said, Ryan Wood, Rob Domofsky, um, and there's, there's so many more. Um, but certainly it seems yes. from the, these guys that Devon House uh, is just, you know, tacked on. King looks to be getting a good shout in. Rollins seems to be impressed. And I think he made a dive and interception in the end zone uh, during practice there on the last day. But so, And again, Randall Cobb, you know... He's been in the league a long time. You'd expect the PR people to get to him, but he's come out with some really nice comments. And with being a receiver, you know, he's looking at the likes of the cornerbacks fairly closely because obviously he's being covered by them. But he says that he's impressed by the fluidity of King. He likes the footwork that he has. He's very quick. He's very natural with his movement. Uh, so it's it's interesting. And especially from a guy like Cobb, who's kind of diminutive in comparison, he's kind of that slot guy. Uh, for him to say that he's impressed by King, you obviously see something in him. But something that Cobb said to me really tweaked, Ryan, and this was that he came out and said that at heart, he's a kick return and punt return guy. It's who he is as a player. It's important mm-hmm. to him. And that last year, he asked Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff, can he do it? Which shocked some of the reporters at the time. He had to repeat it. They said to him, hold on, so you actually asked? And he said, yeah, because it's who I am. Now, what I want to ask you is, is that we saw Trevor Davis last year take up some of that role as a punt returner. He muffed a punt in Tennessee and we almost never saw him again. Now, do you think that Cobb is being true and saying, like, that's just who I am? Is he taking a bit of heat off Trevor Davis? Because Trevor Davis, by all intents from the reports, has really impressed during training camp. Do you think that Cobb was trying to take some of that heat off him by saying, I asked to be put in there, it wasn't because he muffed the punt? Or, you know, am I reading too much into this type of thing uh, with Randall Cobb? And do you think that we're going to see Randall Cobb realistically doing more punt and kick returning because we have the tight ends. Ryan, it's 10 questions for you, buddy. I'm just trying to set the mood here, say. bro. I've put on the mood lighting. I've put on Barry White. I'm setting the mood. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Don't up. worry. Our, uh, our research guys are, uh, we don't have any research guys, but we should have. We should have a guy that writes down all your questions and then holds up cue cards to remind me which <laughs> ones you've asked. And then, and then I can answer. Um, so if anyone wants that job, the pay is zero and you have to travel and yeah. uh, you don't, we don't we don't reimburse any expenses, but if you're up for it, um, but no. So Randall Cobb, look, I'm pretty sure was it was it his debut game where he had that return that was just absolutely unbelievable, and I thought he yeah. was down at least three or four times. And was and it Josh Sitton that helped him up? He did a little pirouette, a little spinny move. Yeah, somebody sort of spun him around and put him back on his way again. Um, look, he's an exciting returner. I guess if if it was me. And I thought I could get more and more touchdowns by playing the return position. Yeah, I'd ask. Now, there's probably a little bit in there as well if they were trying to relate it specifically to the Trevor Devious situation, mm. where maybe as a leader on the team and a veteran player, yeah. um, 
maybe he has sort of helped that and he's given a bit of a political answer. But at the same time, if he thinks he can get on the field and score touchdowns, then why wouldn't he volunteer himself? Now, I get it. There'll be people out there thinking, yeah, but it opens him up. Because, I mean, look, playing special teams, anyone that's played the game at any level will know special teams, um, I think quite quite often called suicide squad. Um, <laughs> the returners, I mean, you can take some serious hits. I've never been fast enough to be a returner. Um, but, you know, it can be a dangerous place to play. And, and you sort of ask the question, if this guy is a starting receiver on the team, which he is at the slot position, isn't he? I think we're probably except that Adams and Nelson are the two genuine wideouts and he's the starting slot guy. So if he is there, why would we open him up to any risk of injury in that position? But the thing is as well, the what ifs can't stop you doing, you know, the the what ifs can't stop you from doing what might be successful on the field. So you've got to allow him to get in there and do it. Well, if I could jump in there, they asked him that question, in fact, and they said to him, you know, what about the potential for injury? And he said, I've ne- all of my injuries that I've picked up, I've never picked up any doing a kick or punt return. So he said, I don't even think about it. Yeah. And the thing is as well, his injury could be caused by just playing at any point in the game. So, yeah, yeah I get it. There is added risk. Of course there is. But at the same time, if he could score a touchdown or whatever else, then is it not worth the added risk? Well, and I want to ask you this as well, because he was asked this, and this is where he gave the PR answer. They said to him, you know, is he concerned? Because like you've just said, so we have um, Devante and we've Jordy uh, Rome on the sidelines, okay? We have Randall Cobb, the one of the best slot receivers in the game. But now we have, as you said earlier in the podcast, three tight ends, you know, mm-hmm. Rogers, Kendricks and Bennett. Now, again, like in true tight end fashion, they're going to be coming in on blocking assignments and then they're also going to go and roam the centre of the field also. Like, they asked Randall Cobb and said, like, how does he feel about that? And he said, oh, well, it's all about the team. As long as the team wins, that's fine. Ryan, are you in any way concerned for Randall Cobb? Particularly because last year they said, we really need to get the ball in Cobb's hands. You know, we, we need to get him the ball. He makes plays every time he does. Realistically, though, do you see a, a, a severely diminished role for Randall Cobb in this offense this year because we have so many dangerous big body tight ends with speed in the center of the field now? Um, I don't see a diminished role for Randall. Um, I think some of the players behind him that maybe could take the role, I think Trevor Davis obviously is one of them that a lot of people are kind of excited about. They're saying he's having a good camp. I don't know that I've ever seen enough from him on a field yet to say that he's going to start taking reps away from Randy. The other receivers that I think are close on the roster, Jeff Janis, maybe he's a guy that could play slot, but I think he's going to be outside. He's more of a straight-line speed guy. Um, Geronimo Allison, big-bodied receiver, I think he's an outside guy. So I think he's fairly safe in there. The, I, obviously, I haven't seen enough of what the newer guys, the draft picks have done. Obviously, there's also a whole bunch of other guys, undrafted guys, um, on the roster at the minute. Uh, but... It would be, I think it's too early to start worrying about taking away anything from Randall Cobb at this point. I don't think his position is that under threat. I think he's very good in there at what he does. Um, I think he needs to be the third option. Obviously, we saw that year where uh, Jordy Nelson was out and it needed a number one guy and they kind of thought it could be him and it didn't, I would say it didn't brilliantly work. Not that he did badly, 
but I think he needs the other big guy out there um, so he can sort of quietly come along and do his thing. Um, but I think he's pretty safe in there at the moment. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. It, it's just odd that he's going to be, you know, he's on high wages, he's on a, a massive salary. So it's interesting to see um, if he did take a diminished role you know, because I don't think for an instant that coaching decisions are decided by, oh, well, he's earning a lot of money. Let's just keep playing him. I don't think that's that's an issue. No. But it's, no. it's strange, isn't it? Because we've seen that, the likes of that happened to Clay Matthews in, in recent years. He's on a colossal wage, but we've seen his impact diminish. So there's that kind of extra pressure added onto a player when they don't seem to be getting the reps or they don't seem to be performing to what their salary says they should be doing. Um, and there's that kind of conflict of interest and we've seen the likes of moving away from Josh Sitton and TJ Lang and all the higher paid yeah. older stock to go to the younger guys that they feel can fill in now from what we hear and I suppose lastly on training camp is that Trevor Davis and Geronimo Allison are really standing out from the wide receivers so we did see them draft you know some of the guys later down in the rounds that Andy Davies had said these guys literally don't sleep on these guys they're dynamite and then we have Jeff Janison there of course from, from previous years but they've been saying that Trevor Davis and Geronimo Allison, and again, this comes from the crop, the Cobb presser. Again, he says that the two of them have really impressed. And Mike McCarthy made a point to say that Trevor Davis and Geronimo Allison have really matured between year one and two. Um, Ryan, so I mean, are we seeing the wide receiver position pretty much locked up then? If these two guys have made that jump and they're not going to be usurped, um, because it's interesting to with, with Allison's you know one game suspension as well to see what's going to happen there. But he certainly seems to have wanted to make a statement right during this training camp to say look I might be out yeah. for one game lads might have been dicking around a bit but don't forget about me yeah I mean as we said earlier some people are sort of touting seven receivers on the team I, I don't see it so from my guys taking a very very early look at it Devontae Adams is on Allison's on even with that one game suspension Randall Cobb's in uh, Jordy Nelson's in so that's one two three that's four names uh, then I would add into that Jeff Janis that's five um, and then probably one other. Now, I don't know. I know a lot of people have not been sure about Jeff Janis, but I think when he's had the chance to be in there, he, he's been good. And I think maybe with another year under his belt, maybe we can start to see even more from Jeff. But I guess who would be that sixth guy? So you've got the two draft picks in D'Angelo Yancey um, and Malachi Dupree. There's other rookies out there, the guys, Michael Clark, Colby Pearson, um, Max McCaffrey, who joined the squad sort of last year. Um, there's plenty of names out there that are all competing, but who out of them makes it? If you're going to keep a six, the easiest one to probably head towards. Um, if people are saying that Trevor Davis is good, then maybe he's your guy. But then that's six, so I can't see us going to seven, but that means that both are draft picks would not be signed to the team and what we know of Ted Thompson is if he's drafted him he believes in him so then actually do your back pedal a bit and you go actually oh maybe Jeff Janis doesn't make the team maybe they're like one of these new guys more maybe they're thinking about the future do they put them on the practice squad and try and keep him there but that's obviously risky they could get picked up elsewhere it's difficult to see it it's difficult to see who you would out of the guys that were on the team last year who you would be cutting you know, um, obviously Max McCaffrey was on the practice squad, I think, last year, wasn't he? So, but people on the actual sort of active roster throughout the year, that is Allison, Randall, Trevor Davis, Jeff Janis, Jordy Nelson. Um, you know, uh, and 
and yeah, I think I missed Geronimo Allison, but you, you know what I'm saying? Those guys, who do you cut out of them to make room for one of these other guys? And they've got to come in and not just be as good as they've got. To, for me, they've got to be better than them in training camp. They've got to outperform them, not just be as yeah. good. Yeah, and have a higher ceiling. I know Jeff Janis was an interesting prospect because of the heroics that he made um, two years ago. And certainly he was always seen as kind of the fastest player uh, for the Packers mm-hmm. at the wide receiver position. But now that's been taken over by Trevor Davis. He's seen as the de facto fastest guy. So yeah, it's it is gonna... Travis Davis. His hands are safe. This is this yeah. is the competition for me. He's, it's got to be everything, because if we're talking about a tenth of a second in football, is that does that make a difference? Or if you've got somebody that can catch ninety-five percent of the passes compared to, say, eighty percent of the passes, that's more important. So that this is where I think this the wide receiver battle for for those positions. Okay, not the first four guys. But the fifth and the sixth guy, and if they go seven, the seventh guy, that's the tiny, tiny little bits that are going to make the difference between making the team or not. Yeah, it'll certainly be. We'll have our eyes peeled on that, and when when it starts making its way into preseason, then we'll really see what mm-hmm. people have. Because certainly, yeah, uh, Allison and Davis have been catching passes and and had a nice little um possession game of Brett Hundley, uh, which is interesting as well. Uh, so pup list, we've two people on it: Dimitri Goodson touring his ACL against Washington last year and Vince Beagle um has that foot injury. Now there's no time frame Ryan for Vince Beagle coming back. Do you think that's significant, especially seeing as how weak we are at the position? Yeah, there is I haven't seen the time frame, but I did see a couple of things today saying that potentially he's gonna miss camp up and and maybe one preseason or one exhibition game. So if he was back by the second week of preseason, I don't think this year the uh, NFL makes teams cut down to seventy five anymore. I'm not 100% on that. So, guys, if you're listening and I'm talking crap, just, you know, okay, I've got mixed up there. But I don't think you have to cut down everybody to the 75 and then to the 53. I think you can sort of, you've got more time with these players, more time to work with them and try and develop them. So, we it's, it's a position where we need people anyway. So, he's kind of got that going for him. If he's getting more time, he's got that going for him. And if he's in there by the second week, then I feel he's still going to have enough time to sort of show us what he can do. I still think um, he's going to be a very good player for this team. Goodson, obviously, as you mentioned, done the ACL against Washington in November last year. He is somebody that's probably on the roster bubble, would that be fair to say? Yeah. He's in a hot seat himself, so he kind of, obviously, can't rush an injury back, but he, he does need to sort of get back out there and start competing. Otherwise, these other guys are going to start working ahead of him. Um so he needs to get back out there for, for his own sake, really. Yeah. But you do have faith because you're a big Badgers fan, right? So do you have faith then that Beagle's going to do the business for this team? Do you, do you reckon that's enough time? And do you reckon he'll get an awful lot of play during preseason? Will they risk it with that foot? I, difficult one. Difficult one. But I think he's had surgery on it, hasn't he? It was a fifth metatarsal, um, uh, a fracture. So really sometimes with these injuries as as dumb as this sounds once they've sort of had maybe a bit of wear and tear issue ended up with a fracture or whatever it is when they're actually repaired and they've had surgery and they're everything's set back straight sometimes they can actually be in a better condition than they were before now i know that that's you know not every time but sometimes okay so he may not have an issue coming back i think he's gonna perform perfectly fine look i watched him at wisconsin 
to me, there wasn't much difference between him and TJ Watt in terms of performance. Now, yes, Beagles had some injury concerns through college and he had one almost as soon as he rocked up with the Packers, which is unfortunate. But I think you'll see him on the field this year. Hopefully he gets a chance to get out there and compete. He'll probably spend some time with special teams to sort of prove his worth. Um, but hopefully, hopefully. Uh, it's way too early for me to sort of give you any sort of answer on that one, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's an interesting point that you raise because certainly when Jordy came back from the injury, people said that he's in a better position now because people kept saying, oh no, he's in a weaker position. No, when you get any part of you replaced with any type of prosthetic, that thing is now stronger than what it was before because, you know, it was a human mm-hmm. part. And actually, I listened to a really interesting um, piece on the radio uh, a couple of months back talking about the Olympics when you have an athlete who has an injury and they get some type of hip replacement or something that they have a prosthetic in there. That part then is almost superhuman it's better than someone who they're running against who doesn't have that part so it actually gives them an unfair advantage um so let's try look at it that way but ryan some as you said uh, at the bat some really exciting stuff in uk packers hq with his uk packers jersey you're wearing it now can you tell us all about yeah. it buddy? tell the p tell the people i've had it on pretty much since uh since we first got them as well they were test samples then weren't they to get a look at them yeah um they're absolutely beautiful. We, we wanted to try and do something different. As you know, here at UK and Irish Packers, me and Steve, we kind of like to be the first people to do something or we like to lead the way when it comes to new ideas. And so we thought, why not? Do you know what? We've got a pretty successful flag team that meets up and plays from time to time. Mm. Um, we wanted to do something different to, to T-shirts and hoodies. We felt we'd done that. So we were trying to figure out something else we could do. So we went out there and we found somebody to make our very own UK and Irish Packers jersey. Now, we were very adamant what we would not do is simply recreate a Green Bay jersey, not only because we wanted our own unique item, but to Green Bay would probably frown on that and the NFL. And quite frankly, we can't afford to fight them in court. (laughs) So we got out there, we designed something. Um, Obviously, it's green and gold, so there is similarities. That's easy for me to say. Similarities to a Green Bay jersey. Um, but ours has cheese on it Uh, it's a great design we think it's a great quality product and they're available now and will be available always in our website shop so head to ukpackers.co.uk and uh, take a look at them yeah they're really smart so what would you notice about them on the off the bat is, is first off they're members only but people are like oh can i get them if i'm not a member well why would you not be a member you know it takes 10 seconds to do so if you go onto the website hit the members section Literally, all we ask is that you pop in your email address, your name that you want on the membership charter. Some people have used just their uh, Christian names, their first name. Um, other people have put in, you know, silly names or whatever. It's up to you. You can be anonymous if you want to be. And where you are in the country. The only reason we do it is, is just to see whereabouts people are based. So that, like this year, we're doing Manchester meetups, Dublin meetups. Um, and we also have something very special planned for the Super Bowl as well so we can see where the big body of people are and we can try organize events for your place and there's so much more coming down the line as well we're gonna you know this thing is going to be hyper advanced elon musk will be ringing us up looking for ideas about how we were so innovative so mm-hmm. this this jersey ryan it, it is super custom and that's what we sort of that's the phrase that we've been putting out there because you've got your membership number on the front and on the back You've got your surname or whatever name you want on your jersey that goes on the nameplate. And then inside the collar, which is a really nice touch, that's where you have your membership your number, full number as well. But Ryan, people have asked as well, haven't they, that 
if they have a membership number that's over the two digits, which is what the normal jersey is, if they're into the 100, 200, 300, because we have members up into the late 800s, maybe early 900s now. Yeah. Uh, how does that appear then on the jersey if they have membership number 912? Sure. So if you are 912, we'll take that number, um, your jersey from, from a distance will look like you've got the number 12 jersey. So it will take the last two digits. So we, as, as Steve said, we're not actually far now from going into the thousands. Um, so if we had a thousand and one, your jersey would have a number one on it. But inside the number on the left-hand side, you will have the first part of your number. So that will be written in text format. So if we go back to the number Steve suggested, 912, inside the top corner of the one, it will actually say 900 in text mm. and then 912. And it will say that front and back. So you will have a 12 jersey. So whatever the last two digits are of your member's number, they will be your jersey number. But when you all stand in together, you'll all be able to see exactly which number yours is. Which is important, right? Because we did have people when we released the numbers that really wanted to have that number under 100. Now what this opportunity gives is, is it gives the person who has you know uh, 152 to look like a clay matthews jersey because they have that 52 they just have the text of 100 written sort of on on that one or on the 50 mm -hmm. digit so it, it's great for everybody out there who and no one no one has actually came back and said they've been disappointed with their numbers but certainly if you're not in the yeah. top 100 and you think that it might look a bit strange like these jerseys are going to amplify that and make it look even better on top of that then a, a few nice features of it is not only the sort of inside the collar where you have your membership number the sleeves on it are the elasticated game style sleeves so we had someone say oh why did they have cycling sleeves they're not they're they're the real game looking jerseys so when you're looking at your favorite pack or playing if you're number 112 you're going to have sort of an aaron Rodgers looking jersey you're going to have that kind of uh, elasticated sleeve which comes up and shows off the guns uh, nicely um, another thing that to note about these jerseys is these are made by a company who make game jerseys for American football teams all throughout the UK. So if you want a durable jersey, uh, they really seem to be doing the job. Now, Ryan, we've only had ours a small while, uh, but I know that you do play American football uh, competitively and the same crowd maker jerseys, right? I mean, are, mm -hmm. are these jerseys, would you say that, you know, you can pull out of these, they are made for smushing in the muck and they still turn out good after a wash? Yeah, so I've got my original uh, Aylesbury Spartans jersey now for three years. It's been obviously in and out. I've, I wear it generally for training and for game days. It's in and out of the mud, the rain, the whatever. Washed and washed and washed, and the jersey's still in perfect shape. Um, it, and, and that's not me laying it on. That It really is. It's still absolutely perfect. Um, so they will last. Um, they look beautiful. Uh, they are super, super custom and nobody else will have the same jersey as you. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the real beauty of it. So go and check them out. If you've got any questions, ask us. We, we try and get back as quickly as possible. Um, if you have a three or even a four digit members number by the time this goes out, then and you can't quite picture in your head how that's going to look, DM us. We can always send you the picture. You'll see it. It's in our in the video that we made up uh, and we put out on different social media forms the image is in that video and you can see it so it's it's got in the top corner i think 812 is it yeah i think on that one mm -hmm. so go and have a look at it check it out um if you can't see it or you can't be bothered to go through the video um you've probably watched it 100 times already you can't bother to watch it again um then message us and we can send you that picture so you can have a look but any questions obviously you always get to us we will get back to you
Yeah, and like what Ryan says, look, we're not laying it on thick. Uh, we buy the jerseys as well because we have have had people in the past saying, oh, can you give me a free one? It's like, no, I'm not paying for your T-shirt. So similar to these, myself and Ryan went out and bought them. And actually, ours are twice as expensive as everybody else's because we had to pay for all these setup costs and all to get them in to make sure that the prototype is good. Look, this is, it's like what Ryan says, nobody in the world will have your jersey because your membership number is unique to you and that will be your membership for forever so if you're number 12 if you're number 406 if you're number 901 you will always be uk packers member 901 and any type of custom bespoke garments that you can get will have your membership number and nobody else in the world will be able to go around with your members number on we had a, a great tweet from somebody didn't we ryan where they had the uh official run of the uk packers gray members shirts that we did to celebrate the membership numbers coming out and he said hey i'm just after seeing number 502 ride through london on his bike and it's a, it's a really cool uh, t-shirt to have so with those t-shirts you can't get them anymore we might do a limited run again because these are set up slightly different than these jerseys but like what ryan says these jerseys that you can get they're a little bit more pricey because they're super custom and they're made to last they're an official jersey um, and these are available for forever so you have all the time in the world uh, to get your number 901 or 205 or number 7 on your jersey and then that will be yours for forever we've actually had an order of a guy who got it and his parents became members and became Packer fans and they've got their numbers we have women's sizes we've men's sizes we've kids sizes I'm going to buy my son a little mini version with my number on it and it's going to be super cute maybe super cheesy but it has cheese on it so i'm fine with that i'm a packers fan to have my little son wearing his and and me wearing mine uh, it's going to be great ryan this is probably the most unique item that you will ever own and it's it's the best garment i've seen that we've done by a country mile it truly is truly is so get them now ukpackers.co.uk hit the shop and you can get them there uh, 1919 club Ryan uh, to finish then how are we doing with that have you many tickets left or are we nearly good to go three tickets left three three tickets left um, and then we'll do the draw that'll be uh, 50 tickets so it'll be for the signed Mike Holmgren football um, and we'll see I'll see what I can find hanging around and see if we can throw something else in there anyway um, normally what we do is we add on 10 tickets um, when the demand is high we add on 10 tickets after 50 we do up to 60 and then we can add on up to 70 and then what we do is we add in signed photos i think this time round we've got 50 tickets there we sell the next three um, but we'll try and put in a prize uh for a second place anyway so we'll i think yeah we can do that i'm just looking around now we've got some bits so let's get that in guys three tickets left let's get them bought yep so if you listen to the podcast jump on because it might be sold by then uh so anyway ryan we'll get on to fan of the week then we come back in say goodbye uh, yeah, it's great. So, you ready? Fan of the week? Yep. Let's roll. Meet the fan. Meet the fan. Well, hey, it's that time. Fan of the week. I like this, Rhino. This is where we get to hook up and talk to all of our fans out there because we interact with so many people uh, during the week and it's nice to get someone on because do you know what I find, Rhino? And I don't know if you feel the same about here, this buddy, right? Is that you see someone's profile picture, you see their at handle, but then you talk to them and you have play this little game as do the voices and Twitter handle match up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So a bit like when I first heard you talk and you mm. matched up perfectly with how I imagined a little Irish guy to sound. Like a leprechaun? Basically. I didn't yeah. want to say it, but you 
you brought it up. Always a dig. So, yeah, always a dig. it's always good to meet the fans. It's always good uh, and to get them on. Yeah. So uh, who have we got this week, Steve? Well, we've a man legend by the name of Richie Day. What's going on, Richie? How are you doing, buddy? Hi, Steve. Hi, Ryan. I'm doing fine, thanks. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. Oh, very good. Very good. So, Ryan, uh, did you match up that voice cool. with the Twitter handle? It's quite sexy, isn't it? I yeah. like it anyway. It, yeah. it does it for me. Yeah, it's almost like Matt uh, last week. Do you know what I mean? Had that kind of lilt. Whereabouts are you from? Where's that accent from, Richie? I'm from Southampton. Nice. Ryan, Southampton. translate, please. Southampton. Go marching in. Yeah, I'm yeah. a popper mush, me. Yeah, it's a good, you're, you're a posh sounding South Coaster, though. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, I do my best. Yeah. yeah, quite a lot of them down there got like the London overspill on the South Coast, and they uh, it sounds like London on sea, but you've done well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to elocution lessons, so it's obviously paid off yeah. yeah you can get cream to clear it up I hear these days so you'll be alright <laughs> um, I don't know if Ryan understands the meaning of elocution lessons and uh, I think you mean an STI clinic but they're different Ryan <laughs> they're different both end up well uh, so look Richie it's great to have you on buddy um, so Southampton all I know about Southampton really from being an Irishman is obviously Southampton football club who've taken a nice turn up in the Premier League um, so to go from one, can I say, great team to another, Packers. How the hell did Green Bay Packers make its way into the Southampton <laughs> household of Richie Day is what I want to know. Well, 1982 season was when I first um, saw Green Bay game on the TV. It's the first season of the Channel 4 highlight show. Mm. And Green Bay Packers were playing the LA Rams at the time. And we were 23-0 down at half time and won 35-23. <laughs> Nice. So what other team could you possibly support from a town that you've never heard of against the second biggest city in the US? You know, go for the underdog every time. So I've been a Packers fan ever since. Never regretted it. There you go. Right now, old Brilliant. school. Real old school. 82. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we, we, take, we talk to more and more fans now. That, and, and obviously there's been this recent boom uh, for NFL in this country. But obviously there was the first boom. Mm. Um, in the 80s and obviously we, we're starting to learn now so many fans have been watching it for for such a long time um, and yeah it's, it's really good as well because obviously the 80s maybe not the best period in Packers history and I'm sure mm. Richard will agree with us there if he was watching them back then uh, but it's so it's still in, in sort of a complete flip from that not the best period in, in history but we talked to so so many fans that actually picked up the team then uh, and why they pick, you know, it, and, and Richard, obviously you said you watched this game and there was this great comeback and maybe the spirit and the fight and everything that, that, that drew you to them. Um, but did you go on for the next almost eight, eight years and, uh, and regret that one? <laughs> <laughs> Never regretted it for one moment. I have to say, um, once you pick your team, you pick your team, haven't you? So, um, Absolutely. yeah. But um, you know, the strange thing is that when I saw it was at Super Bowl 31 against the Patriots, you know, mm. I found myself thinking that, you know, the Packers don't do this kind of thing. And it's only when you look back at the history and also what they're doing now that you actually realise that those 20 odd years, you know, were actually terrible period. But, you know, if you became a fan then, then you, you really could stick through everything, really, I think. That's a yeah. strange one, isn't it, Ryan, yes. to, to see that? Because I've never heard that before. Because that, that's the thing that we find as well, Richie. So, again, you're, you're a listener to the podcast. You've said that sort of, you know, yeah. b- before we, we had you on. And we go through the, you know, the all-time team and we get the kind of recency bias. And so many people are so used to, you know, Brett Favre and they go from... Some people don't even go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. They just start with Aaron Rodgers. What's this? He's 13th season. You know, so they only know winning. So... 
that was how it was in your head, was it? That the Packers are kind of a losing team and now they're starting to come to greatness. And at what stage then did you look into the past and look into the community-owned sort of thing? Did you just support them because they were the underdog and then you started to look into it more? Or was that a very big reason of why you stuck with the Packers from the beginning? Well, I mean, so I found out a bit more about the Packers during when you know the Channel Four broadcast sort of um, gave a bit more information about the teams, and mm. I found out that the Packers have won the first two Super Bowls, which absolutely amazed me. And yeah. but it's really the, the small town thing, you know, it's you know one of the twenty-eight teams in the NFL as it was at the time, and it's from this place that nobody ever really heard of outside of the US, and it's just such a fascinating story and such a brilliant story that. You know, I kind of feel myself, you know, supporting Southampton, which has always been a bit of a small club. Yeah. You know, that is kind of sort of a natural progression, really. And uh, like so I think we Brits always fight for the underdog anyway. So they've always been my team. Fair enough. So give us a taste of uh, some of your favourite players, because the, the teams were generally bad, but there were some good players in there. Um, there just wasn't enough of them. So give us an idea of sort of your favourite players from those. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a short list, I think, but um, yeah. James Lofton's my favourite, I think, uh, and John Jefferson. And he had Lynn Dickey throwing the ball to them. And that really was just about it, to be honest that with you, in those days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we never really had a decent defence. And we got to the playoffs in the 1982 season and lost to Dallas in the second round, I think it was. So, um, no, I didn't have any more reasons to hate the Cowboys than that. So I've hated them ever since. So, so we are. So, you know, but, um, you know, the, the next game I really remember was when we played uh, Washington in the 1983 season and they were the Super Bowl champions. We beat them 48-47 mm. um, on a Monday night game. And that was one hell of a game. And just seeing the highlights of that, you know, it's absolutely fantastic. So tell us how you, how you were actually managing to access the games back then. Well, you did it on um, AFRTS Sports, the Armed Forces Radio, if you wanted it live. And, that's, and that was it until you got to the Super Bowl, really. So um, all the games were broadcast a week after they actually um, were played. So you got, on every Sunday, you got the previous Sunday's games. Wow. And so, about... <laughs> yeah, it really took some commitment to be a fan back then. Yeah. So yeah. I guess then let's, let's fast forward uh, a bit, or, or maybe not fast forward, but... Have you been to Lambeau? Have you had a, a Packers experience or been to a game anywhere, I guess, yeah. where, where the Packers were playing? Yeah, I've been to Lambeau in 2012 with my partner. Um, we saw the Bears game, the Thursday night game. An absolutely fantastic experience, and I can't wait to go back there again. So I've just been waiting for the opportunity, and um, I can't wait to get back there with the fellow Packers fans. It's going to be terrific. Well, let me jump okay. in because, Ryan, this is not the only time we've heard this happen, right? Where someone's been a fan from the early 80s and then... It's come to it that they haven't got to see a game for, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever it is. Richie, why was it so long between, you know, starting to become a fan to then choosing to go over to, you know, Packers Mecca? Well, I mean, I don't think it was that easy to do, you know, until fairly recently, to be honest with you, Steve. Um, you know, I think with the internet tickets, you know, people saying their tickets on the internet made it a hell of a lot easier to get hold of game tickets for one thing. Mm. And also just really finding out more about the team and um, being able to get flights a lot more easier. I think certainly, obviously, in 1982, there's no such thing as internet, was there? So, you know, how the hell could you even think about going? So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think the last five or six years, it's been so easy just to put your own package together, you know, and it's as simple as that. Fantastic. So you sort of alluded to there, you're coming over with the UK and Irish Packers again uh, yep. to see them again this year. Have you been to any of the other meetups 
with us? Or will this yeah, be the first time you meet? No, I went to the yeah. Super Bowl party because um, obviously the, the Packers fan club were the host of the, um, the Super Bash, wasn't it? Something yeah. like that. Well, yeah. So I went to that. I really enjoyed it. Loads and loads of Packers fans there and had a fantastic time. So I can't wait to meet up with the guys again. So, yeah. And I'm sure you... I'm sure you weren't one of the guys that uh, crashed through a bunch of tables and chairs. That, w- that wouldn't have been you, would it? <laughs> that definitely wouldn't have been me. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to Manchester as well. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to meet up there to see the, the Vikings game. So, yeah. Cool. So, like, you've been at one of our meetups. You're, you're going to Manchester. You're coming over to Green Bay. So, obviously, you know, you trust us at this stage. We're trustworthy, right? We've got our face slapped on as cartoons on top of the podcast. So, hopefully, that sort of instills some more trust as well. But how did you find this in the first place, Richie? Um, well, I think the first was a, there's a Facebook group. It's a, the UK Packerbackers. And I think um, I think it's you, Stephen, you, Ryan, as well. And, members of that group and i think i just found the the uk packer fans through through yourselves um so with your posts on that site so i think that's probably how i find you to be honest with you and also uh, just checking out on uh, on google as well so mm. yeah, yeah. So there's, there's there's a few packers fans you know worldwide but nothing you know particularly for um for uk fans i think you know until fairly recently so um yeah good another success story then we're yeah we're doing our job yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing now you're a fully fledged member of the group. I am, yes. Um, do you want to share with everybody what your member's number is? Yeah, membership number 37, Ryan. Number 37. 37, yeah. I got nice. it there early. Holy llama. Yeah, a- you must be one of the first ones. Yeah. But I recognize the name, Richie Day. Uh, we do sort of clock the people that do interact with the group. And certainly, Richie, you've made some good contributions in the past. Uh, we have seen you. We do remember you from the meetups and all the rest. And uh, look, it's going to be great to meet you in Manchester. It's going to be great before all of the Manchester meetups and all the rest is to go over to Green Bay with you. We're really looking forward to it. Richie, thanks for being our fan of the week this week. No worries. Cheers, guys. See you. Great to meet you. What a nice dude. Looking forward to uh, sharing some. I've just uh, waved my arms around because I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Now we've got past that. Mm. Our favourite off-season topic yeah so look our punter this week so vogel uh still trying to work out his hashtag we, we i don't think we'll ever get one quite as good as scrum for shum but we, we need some suggestions so if you're listening we need a hashtag for vogel um but ryan wood of packersnews.com uh second second name drop in our god he best start paying for that um <laughs> but yeah on packersnews.com ryan wood again um he said that you know this guy's done really really well over his first two practices um, and he unofficially uh, measured him averaging 50 yards a punt over 10 attempts. What? And I did see one where numbers were up at 60 for one particular punt, although also a couple of punts later he had one at 36, but the average was still good, so he's uh, he's certainly having a good camp. So I just thought, you know, we, we, can't, we can't allow our special teams guys to just slip past. We have to talk about them at least every week. But can he do um, it on a windy night in Stoke, though? yeah well this is it then this is what we will find out at some point look it's also been suggested i think in the same article by ryan wood that uh, jacob shum is still on the end of a phone should this go south plus mm. as well as we go through camp and people are cut and people are changed around on other rosters other people can can rock up in town exactly how shum ended up on the roster last year so he's not it's not all um it's not all daisies and lollipops yet for this kid but He's starting off pretty well um, and, and he's looking pretty good to start with. 
But yeah, that's it. Uh, fan of the week was good. Uh, Richie, we like him. Uh, you know, I was I was gonna compliment the guy, but you jumped in with that breaking news about the uh, about the special teams. There has to be done. I know. I know. It has to be done. I had to. But yeah, so assignments, everybody, homework uh, before the next podcast is that you have to go out and get your jersey. You need to, you know, try get one of three tickets for 1919 Club. And look, at, tell us how you're feeling. Send us a tweet at UK Packers. Hit us up on Facebook at UK Packers. We're on Instagram as well uh, at UK Packers, surprisingly enough. Follow me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL. I've been at Steedy NFL on Twitter. Oh, I think that's all the social media. So it's uh, goodbye till Friday. Bye.